All right, YouTube, what an absolute pleasure to come to you guys tonight, February 9th, 2023. We just keep it rolling. We're going to have a massive session here tonight. Thank you for tuning in. Everything's over at the website if you need to get in touch, if you need to get tapped in with the Discord community, if you need to get some precious metals, if you need to get some crypto. You already know that deal. You know how straight we shoot it to you every night. Current events, cryptocurrency, and the greatest transfer of wealth in world history. TikTok, thank you if you guys could keep on tapping that screen. For the YouTube crowd, if you could just do me a favor. I appreciate you guys so much. Okay, Thank you. Let's get it rocking and rolling. Absolute blessing to come to you guys tonight. Massive session. Let's get fired up right away. Back below 22K for the Bitcoin. For the Bitcoin bros that told us to the moon forever and always, we called it once again. We will show you guys the charts here at the end of this show, okay? Charts are going to be at the end. Stay tuned for that, but I'll show you the work that we've been putting in there. 1500 for our Ethereum, or for your Ethereum, you know I don't hold Ethereum, and a $0.38 cents XRP, okay? So we did make the move. I hope you guys were ready for it. Back below 22K, back down to $0.38 cents for XRP. Hopefully, maybe your AI coins are still pumping if you guys are making that play. And we're going to go into the charts at the end of this session. Thank you for tuning in with me. If you haven't already, let me remind you one more time. Let's smash that thumbs up. Okay, I appreciate you guys. Rocking and rolling Russia. Ma uh, Russia is amassing. <clears throat> Excuse me. 1,800 tanks, 700 aircraft, and 500,000 fresh men planned offensive coming from russia let's continue to watch that one currency war underway russian national wealth excludes uh wealth fund excludes euro and in the future will hold only chinese yuan ruble and gold so russia and the rest of these countries the wealth funds this isn't just the government uh this is uh, you know their national wealth fund here but many of these other countries many of these other banks uh basically e even businessmen or investors right having to pull their funds pull their money and drop the dollar now they're only holding chinese yuan ruble and gold in russia national wealth fund now like i said if you guys need to roll over your 401k retirement account to precious metals or you need the metals shipped directly to your house because you like to hold on to them you like to cling your metal together and touch it and feel it hey whatever gets you rolling whatever floats your boat it's over at my website zachrichter.com hit the gold link get in touch with my people and if you have any issues just hit me on the contact page and we'll make sure that the metal gets right to your house delivered and if you need to roll over that retirement account my partners will help you there as well continuing on gold telegraph reports this france is considering using funds from depositors in a savings account to finance part of a 50 billion plan to build six nuclear reactors we live in unprecedented times and we sure do and so once again a bail in to fund nuclear reactors you go woke and you're gonna go broke as well and we've made that very clear from the very beginning and it all started last year and we're seeing this thing still play out and folks i want you guys to go look at what's been taking place in france this is not a joke okay the people are in the street pension funds are in trouble and they're trying to reduce the um the ability for you to get your retirement account macron facing the situation in that france country right there like i said in every country we get, got the same cabal that we're working against and you know macron okay you know who's cutting that check all right okay so let's be straight about this situation they're having to do austerity they're having to do cuts He's trying to lower the um, or, or raise the age that you would be able to get the benefits for the retirement accounts, from my understanding. But you guys take a close look over there. If you're from France in the chat or if you're in Europe, you see this situation developing in real time in your area, in the country that you're in right now. And once again, bail ins now. They're going to take depositors' funds because 
and, and this was one of the main takeaways from the Vancouver Resource Investment Conference, is that they were talking about nationalizing gold supply, nationalizing and basically securing sanction-proofing their economies and securing the supply of natural resources. This is a national security issue. They don't care about going woke, right? Well, well, the West did. The West did. They went bust. They're continuing to go broke, and now they're having to cut the pensions. Now they're having to raise the retirement age. Now they're having to cut programs, and they got people in the streets. Like we said, this is how this was always going to end up. The middle class gets wiped out. If you're in the United States, 401k, how's it doing? Okay, Equity that you had in your house, what's going to happen over the next 12 to 24 months in the real estate market? Quick reminder, quick note, it took five years for the real estate market, the average price based off the K-Shiller index, five years, seven months to reach the bottom. Okay, so that real estate's going to be a lagging asset class and the crypto bros, we've been sacrificed already. We should be, you know, probably one of the first to bounce back and recover, but understand the situation that we're going through, understand the situation that your country's in, and this is real. How are you going to protect, even if you don't got wealth, you're just a regular person, and now they want to take the depositor's savings accounts, if you're lucky, fortunate enough to actually have savings at this point in time looking to take $50 billion of depositors' savings to finance and build six nuclear reactors. And so this was one of the key takeaways, you know, going to that resource investment conference, and all these guys are talking about how the geopolitics, it's a national security issue. It's not a game. They don't care about going woke over there in the BRICS nations, and it's the BRICS plus, 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 the rest of the world that is done with the United States and the Western uh, hegemony is being destroyed right now as we speak. As I told you guys, Russia Wealth Fund dropping U.S. dollars only, honey, Chinese yuan, uh, ruble, and that's going to be gold as well. So it's clear as day to see the moves that they're making, and they're done. They're making moves. What's happening to your 401k? What's happening to your pension funds? What is the situation of the debt and currency crisis in your country continuing on? Let's get it. Credit Suisse clients pulled $120 billion and have reported a fifth straight loss. How is your program working out? And these are the biggest banks in the world. Right, so it's not just Binance that's getting twelve billion pulled. We got the old guard, Credit Suisse, hundred twenty billy. Solvency coming into question, not just for the cryptocurrency space. This is Credit Suisse and the big boys and girls as well. Now today's news, massive. Let's check it out. Crypto exchange Kraken settles with the SEC for thirty million dollars. Will close U.S. staking operation. Okay. Big time settlement, $30 million. Well, actually, I think that Ripple's ready to cut a little bit bigger check. I think that Ripple's going to flex on all these guys when they when they settle up. Ripple Ripple might settle, you know, $100 million, uh, $200 million, maybe even a billy. Screw it. Let's, get, let's, let's get, give a billy to Gary. No, I really hope that we don't have to. But, you know, $30 million here for the Kraken Exchange settlement. And here's the deal. Jeremy Hogan calling it out perfectly said. Kraken offers up to 20% on stake tokens. Bank of America offers 0.0001% and a paper clip. Of course, the SEC would shut it down. And that is the old guard as they get $120 billion pulled from Credit Suisse as they offer you uh, basically nothing to hold your money and if you're in france now we're going to do a bail in to fund nuclear reactors because we don't even have power to run the country i mean this is how crazy this is getting guys but they are coming after the crypto space 
right? With, with the funds and all the money and the organization that we've built out here at the SEC, good guy Gary is going to protect us investors by making sure that we can't get any sort of yield better than the bank's offering. Now, this is what's interesting to me. Eleanor Terrett says, Gary Gensler is embarking on a midnight massacre in an attempt to bring all of crypto under his control. In the coming weeks, the SEC New York uh, DFS, that's the Department of Financial Services up there in New York, and the USOCC, Office of the Comptroller of the Currency, will be bringing a myriad of enforcement actions against exchanges and banks. So the banks that did dip their toes into the water, the institutions that tried to move their big boy and big girl money into the space... Uh, are coming into issues as well. Good guy Gary, he's going to protect us. And we have additional actions are coming from the SEC. The source says that exchanges and stablecoin issuers will be getting Wells notices in the coming days and weeks, specifically mentioned Circle and Paxos. Now, we specifically showed you guys last month the, the Circle Treasury printed $148 million from their treasury on January 20th, right before we you know, moved back on up to about 23000 for Bitcoin. And then we showed you how at the Paxos Treasury for Binance, they were printing hundreds of millions of, do- uh, hundreds of, millions of BUSD at Paxos Treasury. So specifically mentioning Circle and Paxos, just like we mentioned them specifically last month when we talked about the manipulation that took us back up to 24K. And we saw it clear as day, placed our Bitcoin shorts, and you know the rest is history. The rest is profits back in our bags. Thank you for playing. Wells Notice is a notification issued by regulators to inform individuals or companies of completed investigations where infractions have been discovered. It usually takes the form of a letter which notifies recipients both of the broad nature of the violations uncovered as well as the nature of the enforcement proceedings to be initiated against the recipient so this is a notice that you're about to get sued you're, you're about to get taken down but this this is the part that I, I was saying is interesting Eleanor Terrett says this just received the following text from a source don't be surprised if Gary Gensler pulls the announcement and moves it to next week's closed meeting because he is pissed it was leaked now, we did see Gary Gensler did put out a little uh, a video. Th- this was um, earlier in the day when Eleanor tweeted this out. Gary did put out the announcement. The SEC obviously made the announcement, and, and everyone is now aware that Kraken has settled up for $30 million. But what I find interesting is that we got sources on the inside telling us that Gary Gensler is getting frustrated. He's getting mad. And if you just gave us a level playing field, Gary, you'd, you know this could be a smooth transition to the fourth industrial revolution. This could be a smooth transition, Gary. We know you're a good guy. We know you're going to take care of Goldman Sachs and you're going to take care of the little guy too. That's why we call you Good Guy Gary. And so it's interesting to see how this is uh, unfolding. Joshua Woolley with the five spot. I appreciate that super chat. Thoughts on Sologenic Zach? I've also been stacking silver, so thanks for the great content. Keep up the great work. Joshua, I appreciate it. The silver is a must. I mean, the silver gets us going just like XRP does. Having offline assets absolutely critical to the plan and the portfolio and how we maneuver this great reset. And Joshua, great question on Sologenic. I have not done a deep dive on Sologenic, but I'll tell you this, it has not turned me on. And so you know me, either it gets me going or it doesn't. And it's kind of a um, one or the other for me with cryptocurrencies. And with Sologenic, the airdrop was a disappointment. Um, and then the preceding crash after that. But then, you know, it looks like they're trying to do something. So I remain neutral on Sologenic. I have a little bit that I was airdropped, right? But I traded the Sologenic airdrop and I took the money and ran. 
because with all these airdrops we just continue to see that the price dumps after everybody gets their tokens so i dumped my sologenic holdings right before the airdrop and chose not to receive the sologenic one-to-one for however much uh you know solo you held and i uh you know just just dumped all that and uh rolled it back into xrp took my xrp and ran and then I received a little bit of Sologenic because I still held XRP. But I hold that little bit today. I haven't bought in since. And they haven't been doing anything that really gets me exciting since. But like I said, I like to remain neutral with these projects unless I can see that there's major red flags and they're major scams. So I'm trying not to just Shiite on all of these XRP ledger tokens that, you know, don't do it for me, but I'm staying neutral and I'm going to let them build. They're just getting started, right? With with my platform, with the amount of eyeballs that we got, I don't think that it's appropriate to just shit on these guys when they're just getting started. But, um, you know, doesn't turn me on. I don't have any. Uh, I have a few. They, they sent me a few with their drop. Okay. Let's continue on, guys, though. This is massive. We got to continue. Uh, thinking crypto, Tony Edward, here's an idea. All us crypto exchanges and platforms should sue the sec for clarity. They would have a strong case given the Ethereum non-security declaration by him and Clayton, and then backtracking by Gary Gensler, not to mention regulation by enforcement. Well, that's the thing guys is that's why we're tapped in with these lawyers. Now we got Fred Rispoli, who is the owner of Hoddle law that has filed this case. Now we've been one of the few platforms that is actually talking about this lawsuit that, uh, Fred Rispoli has filed actually huddle law his law firm filed this and it's basically what you know uh thinking crypto is talking about right here getting getting the sec to um you know give us clarity on ethereum but what did the sec try to do yesterday the sec filed a motion to dismiss alleging lack of subject matter jurisdiction to preserve its ability to continue to keep its secrets position on whether sec will target ethereum as a security so this is what fred's working on and this is why um we're going to continue to cover this lawsuit fred same guy filed the class action lawsuit against coinbase for songbird and flare and and so we're just going to watch these claims we're going to watch these moves being made by the lawyers and do our part to continue applying pressure to the sec but we have moves being made and this is why it's so important that we support jeremy hogan james fillet and john deaton um fred rispoli jimmy valley all of these lawyers and all of the people within the community that are trying to you know put in a jab put in a left hook while they're not ready while they're not ready and i saw another guy another person in the um xrp community put out a tweet tonight um, his name's Kenny. I forget his last name, but shout out Kenny. And he said that he's he's prepared with his lawyers to file a claim in the Southern District of California uh, if this case screws over XRP community. And, and that's where I'm at with it too, man. Wherever I have to file, at my county courthouse, at the state, wh- whatever level we got to go, class action lawsuit, we got to apply pressure. Because you see what's happening right now. Midnight massacre by the SEC is how some people are choosing to describe this midnight massacre right and they didn't save anybody they let this whole pyramid scheme get built up on top of the ethereum free pass monopoly we get the token factory created on the erc20 tokens and if this is the case right this is very very clear uh that many of these projects are securities and they're going to come after much of this space even kevin o'leary saying that they're going to come after ten thousand cryptos are going to go to zero is what kevin o'leary said now, huge shout out to Fred, Fred Rispoli. There's no mincing words. Kraken, 
uh, and that's Jesse Powell and Montessori, which are the basically the owners and the creators of, of Kraken, all went out like bitches today. How about that? Fred, no, not pulling back, not holding back at all. Fred's moving forward. No time for mincing words. All went out like bitches today. Although HODL Law has one one billionth the funding of Kraken when it comes to taking on the SEC, Kraken has won one billionth of the cojones of HODL Law. Maybe not even that. And this is why I say God bless John Deaton, God bless Fred Rispoli, and and... I was shocked actually to see this from Fred tonight. I was like, oh, damn. Fred's stepping in here. He's not playing games and he's calling these guys little bitches. Now that's what gets me going, baby. Let's call these guys out for what they are. They're not willing to make a stand. And we stand and we support you guys at the forefront of the battle. You tell us where to go from here. I mean, John Deaton's the general of this army, this legal army, this legal battlefield that we're in. You know, cause, cause we can look at the moon dates. We can try to do riddles still. We can, or, or we can be like, you know, some of these guys in the XRP community whining like little bitches that they're, you know, that their bags are down and now they're spreading FUD and coming up with the most crazy things about Ripple and with this and that and just complaining, right? Or we step up. We put up a fight, make our claim, cut a check to these lawyers. I, I mean, they're going to take everything from us if we don't make a stand. So you tell me who I need to get on my show, who we need to support, who we need to ch- uh, cut a check to, who we, who, what class action lawsuit do we need to sign on to, what petition do we need to sign? This is America, and God bless Fred Rispoli for calling it like it is. These exchanges are settling up, and they're not willing to put up a fight like Ripple has for the crypto community. They're not willing to put up a fight like Library. They're not willing to put up a fight like Fred Rispoli, John Deaton. See, these are the people that are taking a stand. Library, going bankrupt fighting the SEC, right? I would give a shout out to Reggie Middleton too. My man. Had him on the show a couple times now. Bold DeFi patent claim, right? But God bless Reggie for, for, for just putting up the stand that he did against the SEC. And they make these guys fold. They make these guys settle up, right? Just like these big these big projects like Kraken. And and this is where this is going to get interesting, folks. I'm going to tell you right now, this is not done. This is not going away, and this is just getting started with the Midnight Massacre. Gary's about to go on a killing spree. Ripple Van Winkle, let me get this straight. If the SEC government bans crypto staking for the public, then a majority of Ethereum validators will have to come down because you need 32 ETH to stake, which means the ETH network is going to experience issues and potentially, I would add, even become more centralized, okay? Now we have this tweet right here from Tur Demeester. The how we test is not rocket science. An investment of money in a common enterprise with the expectation of profit and to be derived from the efforts of others. Staking rewards equal profits, and a dozen hard forks suggest Ethereum equals centralized, a common enterprise. The ETH 2.0 flop, right? We called that one. The ETH 2.0 joke that they rolled out after three years of waiting around, right? 
And so, guys, just to conclude this Midnight Massacre segment, guys, they are coming after this space. Gary Gensler is going to have the law on his side. He is going to be able to apply this Howie test to many projects. And Gary Gensler is going to go on a killing spree while lecturing us about him being a good guy and protecting the common man and woman investor. That's the sad situation in the United States. And that's why we got to get behind these lawyers that are putting up that fight, leading the charge on that legal battlefield. God bless them. God bless them. Okay, tease crypto, my man. It's simple. Current legal framework won't allow banks to deal with crypto. To replace fiat-based Nostra Vostra with crypto, you need the ability to hold it. If you can't hold XRP and others, you can't migrate over to a full DLT environment nor replace correspondent banking. And so this is where I go back to, I get Neil Hartner on my Twitter space the other night there, and he confirms and states that ODL is growing like wildfire, but he cannot speak on the partnerships in the United States. He's not on the business end of ODL. He's not on acquiring new banks. He's on the tech side, right? But what Neil said is that it's growing like wildfire and that uh, you know, most of the growth right now is happening outside of the United States. So once again, folks, you go through the balance sheet. Go look at how many assets are on the balance sheet of all of these Ripple partners in the United States and in these Western countries where they're slower to the plate here, here, getting crypto regulations set, giving us uh, rules of the road, okay? But then T-shirt this one with us. For those who want to see the full article regarding R3 XRP Nostro accounts testing. Now, I'm just going to run through this real quick, and I bring this up. This is from 2016, but I just want to remind everybody about the tests that have occurred on the XRP ledger years ago. Guys, this is seven years ago. We're talking test with the biggest financial institutions in the world. While they have been running campaigns of misinformation, disinformation, JP Morgan trying to come up with their own project, and they've all been failures. And they've all been really cute tests. And God, man, I am sick of seeing everybody want to deep dive all these little project this and that, which... I understand. We do need to kind of watch what they're doing. And it is interesting to see because you see, you know, and we can speculate, okay, this sounds a lot like XRP. This sounds a lot like XLM or these cryptocurrencies could be applied to this or they're going to roll out with their own CBDC. But the fact remains that you need a gender, uh, not, not, not a gender neutral, a, a neutral reserve currency in, in, in regards to XRP. That's what we've been bringing this conversation back to. That's why these banks and financial institutions would hold it, not just tap into ODL for three to four seconds, but actually put it on their balance sheet, right? For, for treasury flows, for launching their own NFTs, for, do, for tokenizing everything and using one of the most liquid ledgers, the most efficient, scalable ledgers that is available for these institutions. Until we get these regulations set, we're in trouble. But the tests have already been done, guys. This goes back to 2016. Right here, October 21st, 2016, banks test Ripple's digital asset and ex-border payment overhaul. The distributed ledger technology developed by Ripple is now at a trial phase, uh, phase among FinTech Innovation Group R3 and 12 of its member financial institutions as the collaborators look to an alternative to traditional interbank global payments. Okay, so R3 and a dozen of its partner banks are now using Ripple's digital currency dubbed XRP to fulfill cross-border transactions. Reports said the financial institutions are exploring how the use of that currency could potentially reduce the cost of traditional cross-border payment uh, practices. Now, this is what I wanted to cover. 
No banks are using XRP. How, how often do you guys see that in my comments? How often do you guys see that on Twitter? The Twitter talking heads, the TikTok talking heads, the people that have no idea what they're talking about, and they don't take the time to go back and research these documents that tell us all the trials with XRP were done back in 2016. Bank of Montreal, CIBC, Intesa San Paulo, Nordea Bank, RBC, and Westpac Institutional Bank are among the financial institutions participating in the trials. Now, remember at the time, why did this deal get done with R3? Because Ripple wanted R3 to introduce them to all of their bank partners. And at the time, they had JP Morgan, Morgan Stanley, Chase, some of the biggest banks in the United States, and some of the biggest liquidity banks. You know, I think that Brad Garland, I'm about to play a clip from Brad here in just a second. JP Morgan's the third biggest liquidity provider uh, as far as the commercial banks go. And he said that what I'm about to play the clip here is that SWIFT is only messaging, but it's Citibank, it's JP Morgan, it's Morgan Stanley, some of these other banks, Credit Suisse, that are actually unlocking the liquidity after they get the SWIFT message. But what XRP does is it's the messaging and the settlement in three seconds at almost no charge. And it's a neutral platform. You don't have to have any trust in this transaction. But once again, people just forget about this, you know, and, and shout out to Tease for sharing this article back from 2016, just reminding everybody of what took place seven years ago with XRP and banks using XRP. So right now, people aren't seeing headlines, right? Even though the central bank of Montenegro just said that they're piling up with uh, Ripple, right? The, the, the people say, well, they're not using XRP and the haters come at you. Oh, they're not using XRP and RippleNet's growing, but they're not using XRP. But I'm about to go through the markets report. I'm about to play the clip from Brad. And we got over 60% of RippleNet transactions going through XRP right now. And we already have the tests that were done with the biggest banks in the world back in 2016. Back years ago, the big banks tested XRP. And I'll let you speculate on what type of pre-allocation deals got done with them. Because if that bank is partnered up with R3 and they see that R3 just got an option to buy 5 billion XRP from 2016 to 2019 at less than a penny, well, that's interesting. You know, you know, 2016 and then 2017 comes along and then in a market report, they read that Ripple says that they want to make XRP a world reserve digital currency. It's like, oh, geez. Well, if R3, you know, this larger network that we're a part of is trying to get a deal on 5 billion XRP, maybe we should go get some. And I'll let you guys do the speculation on that part. Okay, or I'll let the haters just keep on running their mouth and say that no banks are using XRP and we just say good luck. God bless. Tell me how the program works out for you. Swift with the update. Are you ready for the ISO 222 go live cross-border payments and reporting CBPR plus starting in March of 2023? So Swift is getting hype here about to uh, Swift is getting hype here about the March 2023 go live. But we got this one here from 24 hours crypto. Dear XRP community, as per Bank of England, they will not rely on Swift as much anymore beyond 2024. Now recall, Bank of England, once again, Ripple Partner, 2018. These, these deals go back years. These trials with XRP go back years. I'll let you guys speculate whether or not these banks picked up some XRP. They will not rely on SWIFT as much anymore beyond 2024. Reduced reliance on third parties SWIFT for settlement. And they're talking about the real-time growth settlement, renewal program benefits delivered through the new core settlement engine and the roadmap beyond 2024. So this is the white paper uh, that just came out 
uh, or I don't know if you call this a white paper, whatever paper this was that just got released here by the Bank of England. But all of these central banks really rolling out this program. But once again, they're not even planning on using SWIFT. Wow. Reduced reliance on third parties, SWIFT for settlement. Well, that's the funny part is that SWIFT never even did the settlement, right? They were just doing the messaging. And then they still had to go do the settlement on their end. And they had to hold $30 trillion in Nostrovostro accounts that gets unlocked when you start to use on-demand liquidity XRP. But what does Brad have to say? Let's play this clip here from Brad Garlinghouse. And this is at the World Economic Forum that just took place. Okay, Brad, representing us so well once again here in Davos. Let's play the clip here. Brad Garlinghouse, insights from the 2023 World Economic Forum. Brad Garlinghouse, wait for it. Huge shout out to D. AI for sharing this one with us. Thank you. Let's let's go there. Is is Swift a competitor? Is uh, uh, Swift something that in in a future scenario you would see working with? Um, and what about you know transfers that happen through platforms like a Revolut or a or a WeChat? Yeah. So Ripple decided earlier on that we wanted to be at kind of the infrastructure layer. And there's a whole bunch of strategic issues associated with that. One of them, quite frankly, is that if you work with regulated endpoints, that's where all the regulatory frameworks apply. KYC, know your customer, AML, anti-money laundering, all the acronyms. If you work just with regulated endpoints, they're making sure that that is the case. Uh, companies like WeChat have to do that regulatory work themselves. Uh, now, Swift. I mean, Swift is kind of a competitor. It's, it's, it's slightly more complicated than that because Swift is really just messaging. When you send a Swift transfer, it's not liquidity. You're actually sending mess bank messages to banks that have liquidity. So to some degree, Citibank and HSBC, uh, really the top two, JPM, those are the top three liquidity banks. You mentioned Jamie Dimon, so let's bring it back to Jamie and JP Morgan. What do you think is going to be the, the, the thing that they will have to change the most or lose market share and somebody else is going to do better, faster, uh, you know, serve their clients better than J.P. Morgan or Goldman Sachs? You can, you can just hear the bankers panicking right now. And when you're sending swift messages, you're sending messages to banks to release liquidity and making sure the debits and credits match. So to some degree, really boil it down, Ripple's competing with the liquidity of Citi and the messaging of Swift, but in one, because we're both messaging and liquidity. And at the end of the day, you know, again, as I described, you know, Swift was developed 50 plus years ago. It architecturally hasn't really changed. It does remain slow, it remain, you know, days. It does remain relatively speaking expensive. And actually, interesting, it's quite error prone. Uh, and part of that is just, it's a one-way messaging protocol. So if I fat finger Tassos and I put uh, one S instead of two in the middle, I guess you have three S's, but that will bounce back. They'll, they'll say, no, that, that account name doesn't match that person. That's an error. Now, if you use modern technology, you know, you would get a real time, you're typing in Tassos an account number, you get a real time, okay, does that account match? Oh, I, I mistyped, I fat fingered that name. So the, the efficiency, you know, we see, Instead of a, a, a six percent error rate as reported uh, for Swift, you see you know ten bips of error, so ninety nine point nine percent effective. So you know, we think these are better technologies that can be applied broadly to uh, the vast majority of, frankly, all of the banking system by selling it as a wholesaler, if you will. And th therefore, if we don't compete with the WeChat's, WeChat could be a customer of ours. Let's let's go there. Is
Don't you just love it listening to that man speak? God bless Brad. And like he's saying, you know, these little cute little WeChats, they can be a client of ours. We're going to be on the wholesale level. They want to come pull up, move some real value, real move, move some real money. We can help them do it on the back end, right? But like he said, City, HSBC, and JP Morgan. Now, if I recall, City and HSBC have already done partnerships with Ripple, right? Somebody go back and fact check me on that, but I'm pretty sure City and HSBC have already done some sort of partnership or trial with Ripple. And then with JP Morgan, we know the story from Brad that he had 15 executives from JP Morgan sit down in his office. So clearly there was just a wee bit of interest from the JP Morgan guys, right? And, um, classic clip there of, uh, Gary Gensler there on stage and, um, getting called out. But once again, folks, I wanted to show you guys something that I recently just came across of, and this came about from conversations that I had with Andy Sheckman, my good friend Andy. Um, we were talking about how the digital wand has had about $20 billion worth of settlement so far on it. And I said, wow, that's so interesting, Andy, because I'm looking at a Ripple, a Ripple Net product that has done about 30 billion in settlement since 2019. And we know about the corruption in our government. We know who cuts those checks. And I'll let you guys connect those dots, right? Many of you are already aware of who's hijacked our country and, you know, who, who cuts these checks, right? And, and, and so we see here that we have uh, an interesting little missing article. And we, we, we have a, a race. Guys, this is a tech race. In a reserve currency race because we just started out this session by saying that Russia is no longer holding the dollar in their sovereign wealth fund. They're dropping the dollar and they're only going to be holding rubles, Chinese yuan, and gold, right? And then if you look at the, the tech race, you have the digital yuan that's done about $20 billion in settlement so far. And we have about $30 billion that's been achieved by Ripple, Ripple Net so far, okay? So this was an interesting article that I came across today, and it, it highlighted, it reminded me of this fact. And I wanted to bring this up tonight before I go into the Q4 markets report. But this was deleted, apparently. This was Kevin Cage brought this up. This article has been deleted. And this was China's central bank industry and academic leaders to Ripple's headquarters to discuss the latest blockchain trends. So Ripple in 2017 welcomed China's central bank industry and academic leaders to their headquarters, right? But this has since been deleted. And so then I was talking with Andy and he brought up that fact. And I'm going to show you guys in the next article how much settlement here has actually been done with that Chinese digital yuan. Here, check this out. Chinese digital yuan spreads its wings. And this is from the ChinaDaily.com. China is making big strides in testing its digital currency on the world stage, with Hong Kong poised to be a vibrant center for ECNY's use in international trade, Zhang Tianwan reports from Hong Kong. Eight years after China began creating its central bank digital currency, the Hong Kong Special Administrative Region is poised to become a global crypto hub with further policies and infrastructures rolled out. The digital yuan might be the most active currency in the SAR to settle international trade. The digital yuan or ESNY is a fiat currency in a virtual form issued by the central bank, the People's Bank of China. Okay, the pilot program kicked off in 2019 with brick and mortar consumption, the receipt of pension subsidies and exponent, uh, 
expen expediting of uh, expenditure on campuses. But take a look here, right, guys? Here, the value of transactions soared to about 100 billion won, or equivalent of 13.9 billion dollars. But this article right here is from November 11th. Okay, so I've seen and I've pulled. You can go look this up yourself. Anywhere from about 14 billion, and and Andy said about 20. Uh, I think maybe he said 18, right? But there's you know numbers anywhere from 13 to 20, and I just find it so interesting. What a coincidence! Right, they're touting that they have. What did they say here in this article? Um, taking the lion's share of world's e-currency transactions, the most active currency in the SAR to settle international trade. Well, we see that there's a clear competitor over here with XRP, and now we know that that 30 billion of settlement on RippleNet would not be transactions all on XRP, but I'm about to show you guys the Q4 2022 markets report from Ripple, where they report that 60% of the transactions are now going through on-demand liquidity, right? So it's just so fascinating, such an interesting coincidence, right? That we have the SEC choosing to attack Ripple, and we have a, a tech race right here in reserve digital currencies and literally running neck and neck in terms of settlement so far. And you can see, you know, Ripple's on demand liquidity, I think, went live in about 2018, 2019, same exact time frame. Interesting coincidence. And we're going to continue to watch that one. Now, right here. We're going to get right on into it, folks. The Q4 2022 markets report from Ripple. This one was interesting, guys. This one was massive. Let's get into it. Wait, what? Um, I'm, I'm not going to go over that again, but if you didn't hear that, Basically, we've had, you know, anywhere from 14 to 20 billion in settlement with the digital one, and we've had 30 billion in settlement on RippleNet. And now we know that 60% of the transactions on RippleNet are going on XRP. And so, you know, we just have this tech race, this rat race right here between uh, a rat race wouldn't be the right name. A reserve currency race is what I meant to say between Ripple XRP and the digital one. Truly fascinating to watch. Now, Q4 2022 XRP markets report. Folks, it was an absolutely massive quarter. Q4 2022, absolutely massive. Notable takeaways. On-demand liquidity, Ripple's crypto-enabled cross-border payment solution launched in France, Sweden, and Africa, and is now available in nearly 40 payout markets. Remember, folks, when you go live in France, when you go live in Sweden, that basically essentially means that you got the green light in the Eurozone. France and Sweden, both part of the Euro, right? So you basically got the go-ahead there. That means you got the go-live, you got the green light, you can flip the switch in all of Europe now, essentially. And Africa, major now available in nearly 40 payout markets. Total XRP sales by Ripple net of purchases were 226 million versus 310 million the previous quarter. I'll dive into those numbers here in a sec. And we had Pierced release the first phase of the Ethereum virtual machine sidechain for the XRP ledger on DevNet, which allows DeFi applications in uh, like Uniswap, Aave, and Compound to easily launch on the XRP ledger. So they are working on the Ethereum virtual machine right now as we speak. Okay, Q4 market's 
report. I'm not going to talk about that. They mentioned how 12 billion flowed out of Binance. Big shifts, big things happening here in the cryptocurrency space. And they say right here, by the end of Q4 2022, XRP spot markets experienced a general downtrend by way of average average daily volumes. Currently at roughly 700 million, down from 1.1 billion in Q1 of 2022. This is consistent with crypto more broadly, where in the derivatives market, open interest for Bitcoin was down 15% from Q3 2022 and 30% from Q4 2021, while open market uh, interest for Ethereum was surprisingly more resilient, down less than 10% from Q3 2022 and 25% from Q4 2022. So we have less derivatives trading, less speculation on uh, both Bitcoin and Ethereum. No single centralized exchange has benefited from this flight to self-custody, which underscores just how uncertain the landscape has become. While there were some decentralized exchanges that have capitalized on this migration, volume still remained far below their bull market highs, down 50%, and that's a source of Dune analytics. While the market like uh, will likely remain fragmented, the industry will see investment activity with a focus on improving core crypto primitives, such as payments, cus- uh, custodial services, DEXs, and cross-chain user experience. Okay, global regulation. So they talk about FTX. They talk about a settlement here. Coinbase settled a case with the New York Department of Financial Services and agreed to pay a $50 million fine and invest another $50 million in its compliant efforts. So we have a Coinbase settlement. Uh, we have the SEC charged Gen- Genesis and Gemini with allegedly selling unregistered securities. So yeah, lots underway. But in the EU, the final vote for the Markets and Crypto Assets Bill was postponed to April 2023 and Coinbase was granted approval by the Central Bank of Ireland to operate as a virtual asset service provider in Ireland. Okay, Brazil President Jair Bolsonaro signed into law as the country's first crypto regulatory uh, first crypto, oh, we lost our page here. First crypto regulatory framework and Hong Kong reaffirmed its pro crypto stance as it aims to become a crypto hub. Ripple released its UK policy white paper outlining its regulatory ambitions to propel the UK toward global crypto hub status by driving consumer protections, assessing crypto assets according to different risk profiles, and ultimately growing the industry in the UK. In 2023, stablecoin regulation will likely be top priority, and in the US, Ripple expects major bills from last term to be reintroduced. That would be the RFIA and the DCEA as Congress seeks to impose tighter controls in the wake of FTX demise. Updated uh, update on the SEC lawsuit against Ripple. On December 2nd, Ripple's reply brief in support of its motion for summary judgment where the company asked the court to grant judgment in the company's favor was made public. After two years of fighting this lawsuit on behalf of the entire crypto industry and American innovation, the case is fully briefed and Ripple is proud of its defense and feels more confident than ever as it awaits the judge's decision. Decision timing is in the judge's hands, but the company is hoping to see a ruling in 2023. Um, some say by June, Jeremy Hogan says next 45 days. Let's watch that now. This is um, XRPL on-chain activity, okay? So what we can see here is that we had less on-chain activity, right? The bear market kicking in, less transactions. We had 106,000 Q4 2022 compared to 130 billion, uh, sorry, 130 million transactions in Q4 of 2021. So we have less transactions, but we did get growth, a little bit more growth than Q3, okay? 
XRP burned for transactions. Only 101,000 XRP was burned in Q4 compared to 365,000 in Q4. So those are important numbers to highlight, guys. Remember, there's over 10 million XRP that's already been burned total, 365,000 in a quarter. That's about 100,000 a month that took place there in Q4 of 2021. But this last quarter, we only had 100,000 burned, okay? And the average cost per transaction was definitely cheap, 0 0.00096 average cost per transaction in XRP compared to 0.0028 in Q4 of 2021, okay? And um, yeah, the average closing price was 42 cents. Uh, that's up slightly from 36 cents in Q3, and we were at a dollar last year, Q4 2021. Now, the volume on DEX, we were at 85 million last quarter, okay? And we had 8.7 million trust lines, okay? So we have even more trust lines. And the number of new wallets, though, this, this stat right here is fascinating, folks. This tells you where this thing's going. The number of new wallets, 228,000, nearly double, you know, nearly double the amount of wallets that we had in Q3. And you can see, though, nowhere near what we had a year ago, 624,000 new wallets created in Q4 of 2021. But that was during the peak of the bull run, right? But it is fascinating to see that from Q3 to Q4, we had over 100 million more wallets created, 228 million new wallets. Now, you times that by 10, and that's, um, that's more XRP that's taken out of the circulating supply, essentially, right? Unless those wallets are being used for liquidity, unless they're being used for some sort of liquidity transactions or some sort of pool, right? That's you times that by 10 and you got that amount of XRP. What would that be? 2 million XRP that's, that's getting held up just as minimum in those wallets, right? So... Uh, interesting that we saw that growth in the number of new wallets. Definitely. I think a lot of people getting into XRP as we anticipate the end of this lawsuit, this conclusion. So let's get it. Despite a broader market slowdown, on-chain activity on the XRPL stayed relatively buoyant. As trading volumes across the broader market slowed, the number of transactions on the ledger increased by over 3 million, spurred primarily by NFT activity once the XLS20 amendment passed on November 2nd, 2022. Although the number of transactions increased, XRP burn due to transaction fees declined 33% and the average cost of a transaction in USD remained virtually zero. During that same time period, the average transaction fee on the Ethereum network was $2.75 and on the Bitcoin network, it was $1.23. So on the XRPL, you're at zero. On Ethereum, you're at 275. Bitcoin, you're at $1.23. How's your program working out? XRPL interoperability in Q4. This was massive, guys. Pierced announced the release of the first phase of the Ethereum virtual machine sidechain for the XRPL on DevNet. This milestone means more developers can easily access the XRP ledger's features, uh, feature set such as speed, sustainability, and low-cost transactions while being able to code Solidity-based smart contracts. Additionally, this opens up the door for successful DeFi applications like Uniswap, Aave, and compound to easily launch on the xrpl more utility on the way do you have enough xrp folks global growth of on-demand liquidity reaches record highs as we've been talking about you know the deal ripple remains one of the few crypto firms well capitalized and ready to meet robust customer demand in 2023 head on by continuing to hire strategically invest in attractive opportunities and build a platform that can allow traditional institutions to access crypto innovation on the xrpl in a 
safe and secure fashion. Bring on all the money, or at least some of it. You guys know the deal. Ripple wrapped up 2022 with its strongest year to date, focusing on crypto utility and scaling its ODL product. As RippleNet continues to grow despite a tumultuous market, Ripple experienced the highest amount of demand from both new and existing customers adopting ODL. Today, Ripple's crypto-powered payment solution is available in nearly 40 payout markets, up from just three in 2020. How about that for growth, folks? From three markets in 2020 to nearly 40 payout markets. Flip the switch. You got the green light. Start sending it and getting the money sent uh, without having to pay three dollars on you know three dollars on Ethereum, a dollar twenty-three on Bitcoin, or wait three days or a week for the transaction to go through with the Swift traditional banking system. Okay. Now, this is where it gets massive. Last quarter, ODL was launched in France, Sweden, in partnership with payments provider Lehmanway and XBOT, respectively, and in Africa via MFS Africa, a leading payments gateway in the region. Additionally, Ripple expanded its customer base to corporates that are looking to experience the benefits of crypto-enabled cross-border payments for their business. And what did they say out of Ripple Swell Conference? Bank of America looking to use XRP for a quote-unquote competitive advantage after the SEC versus Ripple lawsuit concludes. Ripple has processed nearly 30 billion worth of volume and 20 million transactions since RippleNet was first launched in 2022, approximately. So guys, all of last year, this is so key, guys. <laughs> Do not listen to the FUD out there. The talking heads from Twitter and TikTok, they aren't, they aren't reading off these numbers for you guys. They aren't just simply going and reading what Ripple's been telling us. This is massive growth, guys. 30 billion worth of volume, which is more than the Chinese digital yuan in the tech race, the reserve currency, digital reserve currency race that we're in. 30 billion worth of volume here, a little bit more than that digital yuan, and 20 million transactions since RippleNet was first launched. But last year, approximately 60% of those payments were sent through ODL settling on the XRP ledger using XRP. This is massive. This is flipping the switch. This is not just Ripple customers and partners uh, that are using RippleNet. No, this is XRP settlement. Flip the switch. Disciplined, responsible stakeholders, Q4 sales and purchases. Now, this is what I love to get into, folks, right here. This is what I love to get into. This is reserve currency status, Ripple operating as the treasury of the XRP supply, and they are getting it done. Last quarter, total XRP sales by Ripple net of purchases were 226.31 million versus 310 million in the previous quarter. Ripple has continued to sell XRP only in connection with ODL transactions. As we continue to say, guys, they are not getting the XRP to the exchanges. If some of these ODL partners decide to give up some of their XRP, then yeah, technically speaking, I guess, hypothetically, some XRP could get into the hands of these exchanges, right? But what we see here is that Ripple is only selling XRP only in connection with ODL transactions. Now, let's get into these numbers. This is what we love to see, guys. This is what we love to see. This is demand for XRP. Their ODL partners are begging for XRP. So the total purchases in Q3 was $2.5 billion worth of dollars, $2.5 billion fiat US dollars spent on XRP so that they could turn around and sell $2.8 billion. Okay, then in Q4, what did they do? They ramped it up even more, purchasing 2.7 billion. 
They spent even more, another $200 million spent on acquiring XRP so that they could sell nearly $100 million more than they did in Q3. 2.964, 2,964 million, that's 2.964 billion. That is nearly $3 billion worth of XRP sold to their on-demand liquidity partners, and that's net sales of $226 million. Now, global XRP was uh, global XRP volume was down 700 million compared to basically almost 800 million in Q3, and uh, total XRP volume was at uh, dollars and billions was at 64 billion compared to 72 billion. Okay, so um, what we have here is. Um, what we what we see here is a clear demand for XRP from their on-demand liquidity partners. Their ability to sell 3 billion worth of XRP, right? And their ability to spend 2.7 billion cash. Who else in the crypto space is throwing down making investments like that into their own project? But we're not done, folks. We are not done. Remember, all ODL-related sales are attributed to the growth and adoption of ODL. Figures were compiled using, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ripple has been a buyer of XRP in the secondary market and expects to continue to undertake purchases as ODL continues to gain momentum. Now, remember, guys, when we had Neo join us in the Twitter space, what did he say? Is that Ripple doesn't want to give up the amount of XRP that their on-demand liquidity customers want, so that's why they're going and spending $2.7 billion, making it rain to give up fiat dollars to trade for XRP so that they can turn around and sell nearly $3 billion in one quarter alone. And I'm going to show you guys the totals uh, of the last year. I'm going to show you guys a little bit more of these numbers here too. We got, we got some more to see, guys. But this is what's confirmed by one of the head lead software developers at Ripple right now that's working on ODL. Neil came up into my Twitter space and he said, it's growing like wildfire outside of the United States. And Ripple continues to buy XRP because they don't want to give it. They, the ODL customers want more than Ripple's willing to give away or sell off, right? So they're they're willing to go buy $2.7 billion worth of XRP so they can turn around and sell nearly $3 billion worth. It's very simple, guys. And this is what I love about investing in XRP and, and, and watching Ripple build utility, build up liquidity on the XRPL, is we can see and watch this growth quarter after quarter. We don't have to listen to the nonsense. We don't have to listen to anybody else. If you just listen to Ripple, this is clear as day. Demand for XRP growing. Now, they also talk about here that they are doing leases. Certain wallets used for XRP sales also provide short-term leases to market makers and participants. This is worth noting given they are often incorrectly interpreted by market participants as sales. Yeah, there's all sorts of FUD confusion being spread by the talking heads, and you guys know that. You guys can see that every single day on Twitter and TikTok. It's absurd. XRP associated with leases are ultimately returned to Ripple. The total amount of leases outstanding in Q4 2022 was 57 million XRP. Okay? But this is what we want to get to right here, folks, the escrow. This is what we want to get to right here is the escrow. In Q4 2022, $3 billion XRP were released out of escrow, $1 billion each month. You guys know the program. But in line with prior quarters in the official escrow arrangement, in total, 
2.1 billion XRP were returned and subsequently put into new escrow contracts throughout the quarter. Folks, what have we been saying? Three billions released to them for free. Their cost basis is zero. But instead of dumping, right, or even just selling it off to their on-demand liquidity partners, they returned two-thirds of it back into escrow, back into 55-month time lock escrow. So if you don't believe in the future of XRP, clearly Ripple does. So if, if you're, but, you know, these guys that are spreading all this FUD and all this confusion and nonsense and they're butthurt because their XRP bags are down and now they're trying to call Brad the bad guy and Ripple's the bad guy and this and that, right? And, and just bitching and whining and complaining, right? Go look at what Ripple's doing with the escrow and it's clear as day what they think the future of XRP holds, right? They're willing to tie it back up for 55 months, guys. That's over four years, right? almost four or five years that they're willing to tie back up their XRP and they're willing to go spend 2.7 billion cash in the middle of a bear market recession when everybody else is going broken insolvent. Let's spend 2.7 big ones so that we can continue to grow this ODL and we're going to stuff 2 billion XRP back in escrow, by the way. It's all there for us. Continuing on. For more information on the escrow, you can see there. Okay, that's good. We love to see it. And it confirms everything that we've been saying as far as XRP being a world reserve digital currency. You know, these gatekeepers in the XRP community want to say that XRP will never be a reserve currency. Well, what the hell do you call that? Get your game up. I mean, what is that? And I'll tell you right now, just because, you know, this is what we do now in 2023. You can identify as whatever you want. Well, I'll tell you right now that my XRP that I got, it identifies as a reserve currency. And that's because it ain't leaving my control. So I don't care what you want to call your XRP. And I, and I don't care how you interpret this data. I'll, I'll tell you right now how I interpret it. It's pretty damn clear to me that Ripple is and has created XRP into a world reserve digital currency. And they are treating it as such, willing to lock it back up while the rest of the space cries. Are we ever going to make it? Even in the XRP community infighting. Pathetic. Let's get our game up. <laughs> now, guys, this is absolutely massive. XLS20 is now enabled on the XRP Ledger. Last quarter, XLS20 went live on the XRP Ledger mainnet. This represents a considerable milestone for developers and builders utilizing the XRPL for their native NFT projects and apps, which can represent assets that are each unique along with operations to enumerate, transfer, and hold such tokens. This is massive. It's so much more than pictures, guys. This is going to be tokenizing everything of value. XRPL-based NFTs were designed with efficiency in mind. Significant transaction expenses are a fundamental problem for developers minting NFTs on other leading layer one blockchain solutions. Gas fees can add hundreds of dollars to the final price of N NFT and vary based on a given network's user traffic and congestion. You can't even know, you can't have any sort of expectation when you're using these other networks as far as what the cost is going to be, if it's going to settle today, next week, is the network down, is it up, you know, has, has, a, um, has a winter storm come through town and the miners are offline, what's the deal? Uh, and then we cover the news how, right, like one guy put one NFT on the Bitcoin ledger and it basically congested the whole block 
a guy with, uh, and, and I'm not a developer, I'm not a blockchain analysis expert, but my understanding is that one guy put one JPEG, one NFT on the Bitcoin network and it basically consumed up a whole block. I mean, it didn't shut down the block. It didn't make it like overly congested or break the network, but literally one and it's be, I mean, it's just a joke. It's just a joke. You guys know the deal. But once again, NFTs on um, XRPL based NFTs were designed with efficiency in mind. And yeah, I covered that. NFTs on the XRPL also include automatic royalties, which standardize royalty enforcement as one of the benefits of the ledger's built-in decks. For creators, NFT transfer fees provide them with a share of their revenue when the NFT is bought and sold. They can also designate a third party who mints and sells the tokens on their behalf. Community projects like XDude, Pixel Ape Rowboat Club, X Tokenize, and XRP Junkies are proof of the excitement and NFT use cases made possible with the XRPL's low transaction cost and high transaction volume. Since going live, more than 800,000 NFTs have been minted with 410,000 transacted, bringing XRP volume to 12.9 million. So we'd love to see it. We're about to break through and maybe we already have 1 million NFTs moved on the XRP ledger. And just think of how much money was saved in those million transactions that took place on the XRPL versus what could have been taking place on Ethereum or some of these other networks, right? So we just absolutely love to see it. But folks, we are not done. We are not done because there's a few more data points that we got to cover. You got to understand this. Now, this was originally shared by Leonidas. Ripple's Q4 2022 XRP Markets Report is out. Here's the breakdown of all of Ripple's sales and purchases since 2018. Steady growth of ODL-related sales attributed to the growth and adoption of ODL. People want to use XRP. It's very simple, folks. Now, let's take a look here because this is very, very important. I already had showed this once, but I wanted to round off the XRP Q4 uh, 2022 Market Report by bringing this up back again. Okay, look over here, folks. This is when it began. Back in Q4 of 2021, $321 million of XRP was bought. $321 million worth of XRP was bought in Q4 of 2021, and that is when they started the purchases, right? That is when they started the purchases of XRP. And where did it go? See, we, we had a total of $1.5 billion worth of XRP sold in 2021 total. Right, so that would be XRP that they were getting released from the X escrow account. 150 in Q1, 157 in Q2, 491 million dollars worth in Q3. So that was all XRP that they either got released from the escrow or that they were already sitting on. And then in Q4, they purchased 321 million dollars worth and sold 717 million dollars worth. Okay. Now. We scroll on down and you can see right here. And actually that was sales net of purchases. They actually, they broke a billion dollars uh, worth of total sales in Q4, right? So that was when they first broke a billion dollars worth of XRP sold uh, in Q4 of 2021. But this is where this gets interesting in 2022, because this is when Ripple started throwing down billions of dollars every quarter to buy XRP. In Q1 of 2022, they purchased $1 billion worth of XRP and they sold $1.3 billion worth. In Q2, they purchased $1.7 billion worth while they sold $2.1 billion worth of XRP. 
In Q3, they step up to the table and they throw down $2.5 billion worth of XRP so that they can sell $2.8 billion worth. And then Q4, the final quarter of 2022, they threw down even more $2.7 billion bought of XRP so that they could sell $2.9 billion worth of XRP or nearly $3 billion in Q4 and Q3. And it brings the total. They threw down $8 billion cash buying XRP in 2022 and they sold 9.2 billion dollars worth of xrp in 2022 strictly going to their on-demand liquidity partners folks and so you can see the demand you can see the growth in 2021 we had 1 billion dollars worth of xrp sold in 2022, $9.2 billion worth of XRP. You guys can do the math on how much of a growth that is. That is absolutely massive. So simply put, guys, basically in the last year, if you include Q4, in the last year, we have broke $10 billion worth of XRP sold to their on-demand liquidity partners. And then we can look, since 2019, we have $30 billion worth of settlement on RippleNet. And now we know in 2022, 60% of the transactions on RippleNet were going through on-demand liquidity XRP settlement. So the proof is in the pudding. It's right there. If we read the market's report, if you go back and listen to the Twitter space where Neil confirmed and described the growth of ODL like wildfire, right? And, and, and we continue to see that this is without the United States banks and financial institutions and many uh, countries in the United States, uh, sorry, in Europe that have not given us regulations yet. So we saw we have France and Sweden opened up ODL corridors. That's massive. And so that means that we're going to continue to see other other countries within the Eurozone, other banks and financial institutions within the Eurozone are about to flip the switch too. And now that we got Brazil fired up um, and many other countries there in South America, Latin America firing up, flipping the switch with ODL, and then now we see Africa. So we've reached every single continent, every single, you know, 40 different payout networks. And when you see what Ripple's doing with their money, you know, and, and we say, uh, don't watch what they say, watch what they do, right? It's right there for us. They threw down $8 billion cash in the middle of a bear market, in the middle of a recession, while the rest of the space is whining and complaining, heading to the hills, taking the money and running because they're insolvent, they're about to go bust. What's Ripple doing? $8 billion cash. $8 billion cash on top of a $250 million NFT fund, on top of $100 million battling the SEC. On top of Brad bragging at Davos that they're still sitting on a billion cash ready to pick over the carcass of FTX and the, the remnants of the space that's left standing, we'll pick over the carcass of it. And people are spreading FUD. People are confusing the facts. You know, facts over feelings. Market report over you whining and complaining. That's where I'm at. I don't got time to listen to these guys whine and complain and still be confused about how ODL works. It's pretty damn simple, right? And I'm actually going to go further from this data that I have here. And you guys can maybe even beat me, beat me to this if you want. If you go back and pull these numbers and you can see how much XRP is, is basically entering into that on-demand liquidity pool. 
that liquidity pool that's being built out by Ripple with ODL, we can go back and now we can, you know, see when we start to do these equations and try to figure out, uh, you know, valuation models for XRP, we have these numbers that we can work with. Um, Neil said that basically $250 million worth of settlement was taking place every week. And that would be, um, you know, obviously a billion dollars every month. And so that's, you know, correlating there with the numbers that we just pulled there, right? We're seeing um, $2.7 billion spent by Ripple so that they could turn around and sell $2.9 billion worth. So we have a lot of on-demand liquidity that's the settlement that's ramping up, but we also have a lot of XRP that's being sold to them ramping up. Now, the XRP gatekeepers will still say that they're not holding it as a reserve. They're acquiring it so that they can use it for ODL, but that's simply not true because we now know that they got treasury flows, we have NFTs, and we have banking giants, the, the largest custodial bank like BNY Mellon, where the heir of the BNY Mellon fortune, these guys that have been running these companies, he acquired $50 million worth of XRP back in like 2016 before his untimely passing. As I showed you guys the R3 trials that were taking place with dozens of major banks back in 2016. So from there, we can figure this, this story out, right? Is that if you want to get on Ripple's program and you want to use their ODO, they're willing to sell you some right? And they're mostly stuffing their XRP escrow back in their vaults, which tells me everything I need to know. They're stuffing it back into their escrow, back into their vaults, and then they're only selling it to their on-demand liquidity institutions. This is the only confirmation that I need. We cut through all that FUD, all that nonsense, and so does Brad Garlinghouse right here, folks. Stepping back for a moment from what's happening in the United States, just in the last few weeks, the number of positive, or at least headed in the direction of clarity, global regulatory developments is energizing. Continuing its history of being tech forward, Dubai just published an extensive new set of tech agnostic rulebooks for crypto market participants covering compliance standards, advertising issuance, and much more. Australia's Treasury is looking to reform licensing and custody for crypto and bolster consumer protection. They recently published a token mapping consultation and are looking for public input before updating existing frameworks. The UK's HMT's new consultation reflects the government's intent to establish a proportionate, clear framework that allows firms to innovate while maintaining financial stability. An opt for the UK to become an opportunity for the UK to become a global crypto hub as it previously announced its goal was to be. South Korea's Financial Service Commission published guidelines that delineate what would be considered a security token versus a payment token and how those are separately governed. The list goes on, Brazil's new legislative framework, etc. Note the commonalities. These regulators are providing leadership and doing the work that we are desperately missing in the United States. Unsurprisingly, this is where companies like Ripples are growing. So Brad, once again, and Davos, he called out the SEC's actions as embarrassing, and he's calling it out here once again. We see leadership in these in these other countries and how they are moving uh, faster and they're moving forward while the United States unless it's left in this cloud of uncertainty. And we continue to see projects have to pay millions of dollars to come into compliance to pay their settlement fees to good guy Gary. And none of that money goes back to the damaged investors. See, we would actually maybe believe the SEC at their word that they're trying to protect investors if this money went to protect, if it went to the people. 
But all of these settlement funds just go to the SEC's slush, uh, slush fund to go after and to continue their, their attack on American entrepreneurs and capitalists. Now, pull back, uh-oh, and the markets reacted today to the most recent settlement that took place today with Kraken and all of the kind of word on the street about the SEC actions and the government actions that are coming here in the United States. This was the news that brought the markets back down here today, but let's take a look here. What are we working with here? Dark Defender made a nice call here. XRP has exactly followed our below pattern white color for four days. We set this pattern and pointed out the 9th of February, and today this time will be up. 42 is the key. Okay, so uh, I don't know what 42 is about, but uh, we know that numbers are important. And uh, let's take a look here at Dark Defender's chart. So we showed us right here, the initial wave three and daily time frame in March, okay? So he shows us that we got the ABC correction expected to be completed down to 37 six cents and he literally gave us the exact day of february 9th which is what took place today and we get this move back down here for xrp today down to 38 cents and we made the exact same call right we said prepare be ready let's pull up the charts what are we working with and here's our bitcoin chart perfectly called it once again shorted the hell out of bitcoin took massive profit once again here we are that's our bitcoin went all the way up to 24200 that was back on february 1st but then what did we warn about we have this vertical line right here with our doofus moron ta right the the the, the, the haters the trolls they don't get it they hate on me for putting my moon phase calendar up here on the chart. They think that I don't understand TA. Well, I would agree. I don't consider myself a TA guy, but there's no denying. I had this vertical line right here because we had that full moon energy coming in and it came in perfectly right on that exact day. Welcome. Bring it. And boy, was was everybody was going crazy. Everybody was going crazy around this time, huh? weren't they? Right, and the XRP FUD continues to this day. We cut straight through it. We place our Bitcoin short. Our community was shorting Bitcoin and XRP. Well, we got everybody getting all triggered online, you know, getting in Twitter battles, getting in Twitter FUD spaces, spreading nonsense. And we just simply calmly place our Bitcoin short, ride this thing out, take profit. Thank you for playing. Thank you once again. And remember, I've already been out of my trade, so I don't absolutely time the top. I don't time the bottom. I catch the swing. I catch the move. We showed you the day. Here's the vertical line. Here's my horizontal line because that's all I use. I don't even draw trend lines. I just do vertical lines. I do horizontal lines. I put up the moon phase and then I just check the market sentiment and I see the Bitcoin bros and the, the real doofus morons in the space that think that the bottom is in and that we're going to go up forever who couldn't see this pullback coming, right? And and we just sit back and watch the show back down to 21.7 for Bitcoin today and we went all the way right back down. And we see we had this vertical line right here at 21.5. So we'll see if we end up clearing that. I don't know where we go from here, right? We were expecting this move, but I'm on the sidelines right now. I'm not in any new trades. I'm just continuing to watch this thing play out. Um, fundamentally, we, we've been saying this, that the space is under attack. It's under scrutiny. Gary Gensler is about to go on a midnight massacre kill streak as he wipes out thousands of projects from the space, all in the name of protecting investors. Good guy, Gary Gensler. And that is what we are up against. So we have to secure our funds. Now, what are we doing? 
cryptocurrencies that have utility, that provide liquidity, solve trillion dollar problems. We're stuffing it in our vaults. We're stuffing it on our ledger. We're getting cold storage. We're getting it off exchanges. In the meantime, because the setups were so clear, I had to enter back into the trading space. So I did short the hell out of Bitcoin. I did make profit. In the last year, I've grown my trading bag 120% simply by shorting Bitcoin. So we continue to do that. Um, I had taken a break because we're in the middle of a liquidity crisis. I don't trust these exchanges, but I had to put my money where my mouth was. And sure enough, here we go. But you know, I consider that money gone. The money that I have, I'm using Qcoin. If you guys want, um, you guys can go to my website. I have a link for Qcoin. I have a link for Uphold. Uphold is where I'm doing my accumulation, where I get my XRP, where I get my other cryptocurrencies. And then Qcoin is where I do my trading. And I don't know if it's the best platform. It's been working for me. Um, they've allowed me to pull XRP off that platform when I had to take my money and run back in November. After I made all my money shorting Bitcoin, I transferred it all to XRP and I took my money and got the hell out of there. And they... They, they function perfectly. So um, they're working. It's at my website. If you guys need to get your crypto, if you guys are looking to participate, I don't recommend trading. And like I said, the money that I have now in Qcoin for trading, right now it's in USDT, waiting to place my next Bitcoin short or whatever move I want to place next. I consider it gone. That, that, that That's what you do. When you do a dance with the devil and you try to go be a degenerate, you might as well consider it gone. And so that's how I consider trading. I know every I know, I know you got these trading guys that are all into it, and that's not me. I'm not a trader. I do doofus more on TA. I make fun of the TA that I do. But the program's been working out. I don't, I'm not here to give you financial advice or sell you any sort of trading course or any sort of trading program. Um, but what have we been doing? Shorting the hell out of Bitcoin. That's fun. Stacking XRP, other fundamental utility cryptocurrency projects, right? And then we've also been stacking silver, precious metals personally. My community does partake in gold, does partake in other natural rare earth minerals as well. Um, but what we've mostly been doing myself, I've just been stacking silver and you guys can get some silver if you go on over to my website as well. Okay. But then we have cash on the sidelines. Why? Because we don't think that this pain is over. So we're going to buy the dip on crypto. And we're going to be able to expect the dip because our program has been so damn tuned in on where this market's moving that we're going to know when the dip's coming. See, everybody says buy the dip, but are you going to be prepared for the dip is the, is the question. And do you know when the dip's coming? Because it's one thing to actually know when the dip's coming and to buy that dip. And it's another thing to have the dip hit you, to have the market crash 10% in a day or whatever it does in the crypto space. And you not know what to do and you're scared and you're emotional and you don't pull the trigger. So what we're doing is we're calling this out for you guys. I said, guys, full moon of February is coming in February 5th, bull, uh, bearish energy five days before five days after be ready. Market goes on up to 23,000. 23,811 is when I got my Bitcoin short and I couldn't stand it. I was calling their bluff, calling their bullshit. No way. Bitcoin ain't worth 23.8. Thank you very much. Bitcoin short, 18% profit. Thank you very much. Didn't even play it perfectly. Still got 20% profit, basically. Back below 22,000. And you have an opportunity right now when we get these markets back down here to accumulate these bags of utility cryptocurrencies that when we do get regulations, like Brad Garninghouse just pointed out, when these nations, these countries, these regions finally get together, get all the deals done, sign all the regulations, sue whoever they have to sue, settle up with whatever settlement needs to occur, and we get the rules of the road, 
the value unlock and the institutional money that's about to pour in to this space and it's coming in i'll tell you right now in my opinion it's coming into the utility these guys aren't chasing meme coin pumps these guys ain't going to put the pension funds into memes they're not going to put it into uh, pudgy penguins right they're not putting it into dogecoin now some of the pension funds did invest into Alameda, did invest into FTX, and that's unfortunate. <laughs> that's unfortunate, the pension funds up there in Canada. But what we've been doing is we go old world, new world, and then we go conservative and we go risky, right? So shorting Bitcoin, risky. Stacking XRP, if that's a fundamental position, not a risky position. You know, yeah, your crypto bags could still get smashed another 50%, but we understand that. That's just part of investing in cryptocurrency. In regards to the precious metals, we have precious metals because we've put, I have put most of my bag is into crypto. It's into the new technology. So I wanted to go with offline assets and I want to go with old world, old world, real world assets, right? That are going to continue to be a hedge. But then same thing within the businesses that I run too. I have my old world property service business, and then I have a new world media business online internet. And this is what we do. We hedge our bets. We have our food prepping and essentials while we go be degenerate and short the hell out of Bitcoin. And this is why I've just been laughing over the last week at the immaturity at some of these people in the space that have been trying to be gatekeepers. They literally spread the most amount of misrepresentation and lies that I've seen spread in the space recently in regards to the, the buyback committee drama that just took place, the amount of lies and misrepresentation that was spread and the amount of immaturity that these people approached the conversation with was just laughable at best. And it was defamation at worst, but you know, whatever, I'll let them run their mouths. I don't really care. Um, but pull up for the adult conversation, please. What are we doing here? We got Fred Raspoli taking action. We got other lawyers taking action. We got John Deaton, right? We got Jimmy Valley. We got we're multiple battlefronts here that are being fought out. We have Ripple spending $100 million on this lawsuit. And people are calling me a scammer and all this crazy stuff because I said, yes, include me in an email chain. And, and I put out some videos talking about how I was glad to be on the committee because one, we're talking about XRP fair market value. That's a good conversation to have. Two, we're talking about corporate governance. Now the U.S. corporation is bankrupt and bust. And then we're talking about uh, commercial law changes, changes to the UCC that affect everyone. Everyone invested in digital assets should pull up to this conversation. Everyone in digital assets should maybe speak with a lawyer if you need help understanding your legal status of your cryptocurrencies, the legal status of how you're going to be able to protect these assets, pay little in taxes. So, I don't, you know, all these crazy lies and all this nonsense that was spread that if, if, if I, you know, go through the term sheet, if I go down the breakdown... I, I could show you guys how all of it is just 100% lies. And it's the, the lies and the misrepresentations being spread is the complete opposite from the reality of the proposal and the intentions of the committee. And everyone on the committee admits that there's no chance, like a very little chance that the, the, the proposal is even going to be needed. It's most likely and hopefully not going to be needed. And for me, I speak on my behalf. I've always said, I don't want to buy back. I just want my country back. I want a level playing field. I want the SEC to get the hell out of stopping American businesses and entrepreneurs from building out distributed ledger technology. Just give us the rules of the road and let us roll. But we know why they don't want to do that. We know the threat that the incumbents uh, see. 
right? And we've positioned ourselves in a way where, like I said, old world, new world, physical, digital, and conservative, risky. And it, and it allows us to sleep well at night, but then it allows us to make money no matter which way this space goes, no, no matter which way, whether crypto's going up, whether precious metals go on a run, uh, and, and, and we continue to press down in our businesses every single day so that no matter what, we got cash flow. Cash flow was king during a recession, during a downturn, and this is going to give us funds just like Ripple. See, people call me a Ripple fanboy. Well, you know, I wish I had $8 billion to spend on XRP. You know, I, I wish that I was sitting on a billion dollars cash right now. That's a good position to be in. You know, I wish I was still cutting deals with the biggest banks and financial institutions during the bear market recession, like they are. It's a good spot to be in. So, so yeah, I mean, it's not about being a kiss ass, but let's be real here. Let's read the market reports. You know, um, I get hype. Yeah, I do. Absolutely. But when you read that data, when you see what's happening, um, I mean, it's very clear to me. They're treating XRP like a world reserve digital currency, and they're making it as liquid as a G10 currency. And they are in a serious race right now against the digital one. Nearly $20 billion worth of settlement on the digital one, $30 billion worth of settlement on RippleNet. Now 60% of the transactions in 2022 took place on XRP ODL. So it's not just people using RippleNet, not just using Ripple Tech. The haters are eating crow on that one because now <laughs> Ripple's told us 60% of the transactions are ODL XRP. Let me take a few questions. Thank you for tuning in tonight, guys. If you haven't already, please smash that thumbs up for me. I greatly appreciate you guys. We just broke. This is awesome. We're at 58.9 on YouTube, 58,900 subscribers on YouTube. So that's kind of fun, 589. But we just smashed through 300,000 followers on TikTok. I just want to say a huge shout out. Thank you to TikTok. I know I make fun of TikTok, uh, but TikTok is actually an incredible community. It's an incredible platform, and I will forever be grateful to that platform. Um, I will for forever be grateful to wh whoever, you know, uh, I'm not going to actually say I'm going to hold back my comments, but, uh, I, I know that some people in the United States are trying to ban TikTok, and I'm like, Hey, I, I still, I still want to get a little bit more out of TikTok, please. <laughs> I understand, but I want to get a little bit more. I got a little bit more to squeeze out of TikTok. I like TikTok. Um, but two years ago, this journey started for me in February of 2021. And here we are guys, 300,000 followers on TikTok, uh, nearly 60,000 subscribers that we're about to blow through on YouTube. And I just hit 13 K on Twitter. So guys, I just want to say thank you for all the support. I really do appreciate it at this time. Let's do, let's do a cheers. And, uh, by the way, tonight we were having a little whiskey. So thank you for pulling up. Thank you for joining the conversation. We were feeling good tonight. What are we at? We, we went for an hour and 20 minutes before we even made it to Q and a, and, uh, you know, I feel like I didn't even do that much on my rants and rambles as I normally do. I was trying to be a quick hitter for you guys tonight. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the greatest transfer of wealth with your host, Zach Rector. Please remember to follow us over on Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, and rumble to get in touch. Please just head on over to ZachRector.com. You can check out all of our affiliate links and get access to our exclusive discord community 
over at the website. We appreciate all of you for tuning in. And all that we ask is that you share this message with other like-minded individuals. If you appreciate the show, feel free to go ahead and leave us a five-star review. We will see you in the next one. Take care and God bless.